Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Call to Stand Firm, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, we examined 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 in verses 13 through 17. Again, we noted Paul spoke of many things, three of which were of special note. One, because God chose you from the beginning. Two, chosen for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit. The word Spirit is capitalized, indicating the Holy Spirit for certainty and clarity. 3. And faith in the truth. We also found an expansion on this observation in commentary with four more points of observation. Barnes' New Testament Notes commentary also told us further, Whatever, therefore, may be the feelings with which those who are not chosen to salvation regard this doctrine, it is clear that those who have evidence that they are chosen should make it a subject of grateful praise. This week, we conclude our examination of chapter 2, starting in verse 15. We read, Therefore, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold on to the traditions that we taught you, whether by speech or by letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 15 through 17. We should properly note that verse 15 is the last verse of instruction here in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Verses 16 and 17 are a benediction despite there being a third chapter. Verse 15 reads, Therefore, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold on to the traditions that we taught you, whether by speech or by letter. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15. Paul says two very important things of which we should take to heart. He says to stand firm and to hold on. Both, today, in American English, are considered to be the same thing, despite the fact they are different. 
One can see how the two are similar in today's American English, but one phrase is not exactly the same as the other. If I stand firm in opinion, I am unwavering in that opinion. Nothing shakes my firm stand in my thinking and opinions. I am also told by this scripture passage to hold on. In this particular case, it means to hold on to what I solidly believe, as well as my possession of a firm command of the understanding of the truth. Not that I will ever fully understand the truth. However, I should attend to grasping as much of the truth as is possible. And for each individual, we all must remember this is a different level of grasping of the truth. Backsliding is a form of losing my hold on my salvation in Christ. It is also a losing of my hold on the truth. Unusually, this is a mental-based condition further supported by emotions and even well-timed situation which may or may not be truly a part of what is causing the backsliding. Such things in this world, like coronavirus, can cause one to lose their hold on Christ and their salvation in Him. To be perfectly clear, you do not lose your salvation in Christ, but you lose what a more attentive hold on Him and His Word offers you in this here and now, regardless of how dire things are or may become. On this commentary says, In view of the fact that you are thus chosen from eternity and that you are to be raised up to such honor and glory, stand fast amidst all the temptations which surround you. I think that is quite clear and needs no further explanation. I think it sums up this portion of examination well and clearly. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 is a cross-reference for this commentary passage. It reads, Finally, be strengthened in the Lord and in the strength of His power. It is His strength we use to stand firm and for holding on to our faith in Him. Further commentary gives us this passage as a point of reference. Why do your disciples disobey the tradition of the elders? For they don't wash their hands when they eat. Matthew chapter 15, verse 2. Commentary on this verse reads, And hold on the traditions which they have been taught. On the word traditions, Matthew chapter 15, verse 2. It means properly things delivered over from one to another than anything orally delivered, any precept, doctrine, or law. It is frequently employed to denote that which is not written as to distinguish by contrasting qualities from that which is written. 
but not necessarily or always. For here the apostle speaks of the, quote, traditions which they had been taught by his epistle, end quote. Here it means the doctrines or precepts which they had received from the apostle, whether when he was with them or after he left them, whether communicated by preaching or by letter. This passage can furnish no authority for holding the, quote, traditions, end quote, which have come down from ancient times and which profess to have been derived from the apostles for the following five reasons. One, there is no evidence that any of those traditions were given by the apostles. Two, many of them are manifestly so trifling, false, and contrary to the writings of the apostles that they could not have been delivered by them. 3. If any of them are genuine, it is impossible to separate them from those which are false. 4. We have all that is necessary for salvation in the written word. And 5. There is not the least evidence that the apostle here meant to refer to any such thing. He speaks only of what had been delivered to them by himself, whether orally or by letter, not of what was delivered from one to another as from him. There is no intimation here that they were to hold anything as from him which they had not received directly from him, either by his own instructions personally or by letter. With what propriety, then, can this passage be adduced to prove that we are to hold the traditions which professedly come to us through a great number of intermediate persons? Nowhere is the evidence here that the church was to hold those unwritten traditions and transmit them to future times. From Barnes New Testament Notes. Of special note is the last sentence of that commentary passage. For clarity, it read, Nowhere is the evidence here that the church was to hold those unwritten traditions and transmit them to future times. Regardless of what country you live in, there are certain traditions found. The further back would you go, the more traditions you can find that have been lessened, reinvented, or outright lost. Totally. Many of these traditions help to better define us as the peoples we are where we live. It is not such traditions that are necessarily in this discussion. However, if these traditions take place of what we are to be in Christ, then there is a problem. Commentary was quite bold in its ending statement. Nowhere is the evidence here that the church was to hold those unwritten traditions and transmit them to future times. Doing so is a setup of our children in old ways that may be 
sinful for us in our new faith and walk with Christ. This means only a review of such traditions is in order to decide which are no longer a part of our new faith in Christ and which can remain if we so desire. This brings us to the five points also made in commentary. This subject is well defined in these five comments as follows. There is no evidence that any of those traditions were given by the Apostle. So, these five comments as follows. 1. There is no evidence that any of those traditions were given by the Apostles. So, there was no teaching on the traditions of the Thessalonian society and peoples. No evidence of the Apostles' teaching brought any of these traditions to bear on the subject of Paul's ministry to the Thessalonians. 2. Many of them are manifestly so trifling, false, and contrary to the writings of the Apostles that they could not have been delivered by them. Notice this second comment and how strong it is. Such traditions were, quote, manifestly so trifling, false, and contrary to the writings of the apostles, end quote, that they would not have been taught by any apostle or reputable teacher in their day. 3. If any of them are genuine, it is impossible to separate them from those which are false. That is a very impressive statement. These traditions of comment here, even if genuine, are, quote, impossible to separate from those which are false, end quote. This means that many of the Thessalonian traditions were of so little consequence that, being able to tell the true ones from the false ones, was nearly impossible. That alone, even today, is reasoning for their abandonment, especially if they negatively impact one's faith in Christ. 4. We have all that is necessary for salvation in the written word. This cannot be amplified or spoken any better. Again, quote, We have all that is necessary for salvation in the written word. End quote. Meaning, the written word is whatever Bible you own or have some access to. 5. There is not the least evidence that the Apostle here meant to refer to any such thing. With all that analysis, the bottom line is this, with regard to traditions. Quote, there is not the least evidence that the Apostle here meant to refer to any such thing. End quote. So, these traditions were so trivial in the day of the Thessalonians, that Paul saw no reason to dissuade or teach contrary lessons concerning them. It seems quite plausible that new traditions were so much more necessary 
to hold on to their beliefs in God that they would simply wash over the lesser traditions which would then simply wash them away. Commentary tells us how this works. Hold the traditions which ye have been taught, meaning the truths of the gospel which may be called traditions because they are delivered from one to another. The gospel was first delivered by God, the Father, to Jesus Christ as mediator and by him to his apostles and by them to the churches of Christ. Whence it is called the form of doctrine delivered to them and the faith once delivered to the saints and also the ordinances of the gospel which the apostles received from Christ and as they received them faithfully delivered them such as baptism and the Lord's Supper as well as rules of conduct and behavior both in the church and in the world even all the commandments of Christ which he ordered his apostles to teach and which they gave by him. And so the Syriac version here renders it, quote, the commandments, end quote. And these were such as these saints had been taught by the apostles under the direction of Christ and through the guidance of his spirit and were not the traditions of men or the rudiments of the world, but what they had received from Christ through the hands of the apostles. If any definition is required here, this last portion of commentary just gave it to us. The tradition issue here is most prominently put to rest by the words in commentary. Such were not the traditions of men or the rudiments of the world, but what they had received from Christ through the hands of the apostles. There it is. As you may assume, we are not talking about any traditions other than those of men and the rudiments of the world. It is about the tradition of reading your Bible as an example, that was passed down, a great tradition to acquire which will cause any other reading tradition to either change or be fully extinguished. Maybe you live where much of your time is consumed by expensive amounts of time being lost to watching television. The, quote, tradition, end quote, of reading your Bible or better still, studying it, could impact your habit or tradition of watching television. So now, you need to make a choice to reduce your watching of television to make the required room for reading and studying your Bible. To find small groups of people getting together to help you learn more as well. To also find a good Bible-believing church to better associate and meet new brothers and sisters in Christ. So, what happens now? Do you curtail your television watching to make more sincere room 
for the things you need to grow in Christ? Or do you only make enough room to prove you are now saved in Christ? By these two slight examples of how our modern day traditions become modified or lost, hopefully you can see why Paul seemed unconcerned about them. It is today that our quote, traditions, end quote, greatly impact our daily pursuit of our salvation. What keeps you busy with modern-day traditions, whether you call the things you do or not a tradition? Is not a tradition something you do repeatedly for its symbolism, enjoyment of its ritual, or both, or for other reasons supporting it as a tradition? Hopefully, I have uncovered how things today that we repeatedly do can actually be a tradition without us actually calling such activity a tradition. Are not repeated things a tradition? Even a ritual? This is what we need to be careful of and even drop if it interferes with us growing in Christ. If they interfere with our studying our Bible and properly associating with others of God's children to also learn from them. So with that, this commentary passage from the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible is what I will leave you with. Quoting, Therefore, brethren, stand fast in the doctrine of the gospel in general and in the article of Christ's second coming in particular, and not in the least waver about the thing itself, nor be shaken in mind and troubled as if it was just at hand, and rather it became them to be concerned that they stood fast in the truth and preserved unto the end, since there was to be a falling away and the mystery of iniquity was already working, and Antichrist would shortly appear, whose coming would be with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, and they had the greater encouragement to continue firm and unmoved, seeing they were chosen from eternity unto salvation through sanctification and belief of the truth, and were called in time by the gospel to the enjoyment of the glory of Christ in another world. Next week, we begin to conclude our extended examination of both books of First and Second Thessalonians. There will be two more episodes for sure, possibly three total, to complete this longer examination of God's Word for a summer look at books of the Bible. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 7-8 through 8 reads, For you know yourselves how you must imitate us, because we did not behave without discipline among you, and we did not eat anyone's food without paying. Instead, in toil and drudgery, we worked night and day in order not to burden any of you. 
Where do we find that kind of personal sacrifice in God's children today? To find out, play or download next week's episode titled Response to the Undisciplined, Part 1. Download this episode from one of our podcast hosts or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. Please check our show notes for more information. Our website has more information, links to all our podcast platforms, and more. Find a link to our website and more in our show notes. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic, Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop-compliant website. It is a subdomain hosted at site123.com. Our site link is unchurched.site123.me. This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on many podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh, East Coast Time, USA. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now to Him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, 
This is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.